Hello, you're listening to audio from First Church Butler. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit butlerfumc.com and connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at First Church Butler. So my, my question for you this morning is, you know, think about the last time you were talking with someone or listening to someone, and then you realize you weren't really listening, right? Some of you are like, yeah, that was you last week when you were talking, but don't, don't raise your hand. Hopefully that's not going to be this morning, but that happens, right? It happens in church. We zone off. It happens, you know, in class. Your teacher's talking, and uh, you realize, you know, I've, I've gone six hours, and I really haven't learned anything, <laughs> and uh, maybe it's, don't point fingers, maybe it's your spouse. You realize your spouse isn't really listening to what you're saying. That's awesome. That's a pet peeve of mine, something that, that just bothers me. Not that I don't do it myself, but when I'm talking to someone and they're just clearly like not listening, not paying attention, that just, that annoys me. But I know I do it too, right? We've all done that. And, um, you know, we, we've got to that point where we, we he, may hear words, but we're not really listening. And in the same way, we're talking about Pentecost, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. I think at times we might hear about God a, a lot more, maybe hear someone else talk about God a lot more than we actually intentionally listen for the voice of God and listen to him and obey him. I, believe, I mean, what's so awesome is that God doesn't just want us to, to hear about him. He actually wants to speak to each and every one of us. He desires to do that. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord search throughout the earth just for hearts that are fully committed to him. I mean, how awesome is that, that he wants to speak to us? And this morning, we're going to just focus on the, the fact that, as Paula shared a little bit ago, that the Holy Spirit is among us, that the Holy Spirit wants to live in us, and the Holy Spirit desires to live through us. And just as, a, as an aside, I was listening to a, a podcast, Carrie Newhoff's a pastor, and he has a leadership podcast, and I was actually reading a post that he had. And just a little, just a little aside for, about the habits of good leadership. He said, look people in the eye, because the best leaders make you the sole focus of their attention. But it takes intentionality to do that. It doesn't just happen naturally. right? In, in, in the same way, you know, we, we hear about God throughout the week, but are we really being intentional? We talked about this a little bit last week, but... In a world that is filled with distractions, more and more so, we have to be intentional about taking time and making space in our lives and in our hearts to really listen. It doesn't mean God can't speak to us when we don't want him to, because he can. He can do whatever he wants. But he desires, you know, his word says, he desires to speak to those who are ready to receive. That's what he wants. And how awesome is that? Last week, I, I closed with a passage in Romans 15, 13. I think that, that really kind of segues it to open this week. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. But just this idea, I love that word overflow. Because again, God doesn't just want to speak to us, but he wants to overflow and speak through us to other people. So I'm just going to recap a little bit of what Lainey read in Acts chapter 2. So this is the day of Pentecost, and I'll just kind of set the stage a little bit this morning. So I'm, I'm going to read through it as well, um, but just touch on a few things. So if you want to follow along, we don't have slides this morning, so you really got to pay attention this morning. Uh, but we don't have slides up, so feel free just to follow along, or if you want to uh, pull out your Bible or your phone as well. So this is Acts 2, starting in verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So 
the apostles and, and those celebrating this day of Pentecost, these, these Jews and, and these early church leaders were together celebrating Pentecost. And many believe that they were in this, this upper room, the same room that Jesus was with his disciples. And right before he, you know, he got arrested and the day before he was crucified, some believe that he was, they, they, right now they're in the same room that he was in with his disciples. So just a cool connection. So they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd together or a crowd came together in bewilderment. So this, the sound was coming, and then this crowd, it, it drew this crowd together and attracted this crowd of, you know, what's going on? This is, this is crazy. I'm sure much like what would happen today. There was a crowd that came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of them hears, or each of us hears them in our native language? And then they list all these countries that they come from. And, you know, th- these, these Jewish people have, have traveled around the world, right, from faraway countries to be together in this place, to be together in Jerusalem celebrating this day of Pentecost. So there's all these different languages they begin speaking. It says, we hear them declaring the, the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Some are skeptical. Some are, are they just see, they see it as foolish. They don't really understand what's going on. But then because of this, in response, it says, then Peter stood up with the 11. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. He says, listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what, what, what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So the prophet Joel was believed to be either like 500, even up to 1,000 years before this event. So hundreds of years ago, long before God promised this, that this was going to happen. And as we're going to look at two instances where Jesus promises his spirit. He tells his disciples, I'm going to send my spirit. You know, have an expectation. Be ready to receive my spirit. In the same way, I believe he wants us to carry that expectation that even today, it may not look quite like this with tongues of fire. Not saying it couldn't. God can do whatever he wants. But even today, he wants to speak to us and through us in a powerful way. He wants to use us powerfully. So he says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So this day of Pentecost, it really is the birth of the church. Right? It was the day, the moment where God sent his spirit, this, this promise, this fulfillment of a promise that he had hundreds of years ago. This promise that Jesus gave his disciples that, hey, this is going to happen. 
right? But not just for the select few, not just for the prophets, not just for the certain messengers, but for all who choose to receive, he will send his spirit. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So this is the birth of the church. That's what we're celebrating today. And we still get to take part in this. We are, we are that church today. Is that same Holy Spirit today. But then they are gathering. What they called Pentecost was different than what we refer to it because of this event today. So the, the Jewish people, they, they referred to Pentecost as a part of a celebration that was called the Feast of Weeks. And what the Feast of Weeks was, it was primarily a thanksgiving for the first fruits of the wheat harvest. But it was also associated with remembrance of the law that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. So there was a law. It was a big celebration. For Christians, the Holy Spirit is our first fruits and our gift given from God through what Jesus has done. And what is so cool about the Feast of Weeks, it celebrated 50, week, or 50 days after Passover, 50 days after their Passover, which was their atonement, right? Their sacrifice. There was the, the, the blood of the lamb. And the, the Jews, were, they were passed over in Egypt. So 50 days after is their celebration of Pentecost. But in the same way, the connection is that 50 days after our atonement, Easter, the resurrection, Jesus being the Lamb of God, being our atonement, the atonement on our behalf, 50 days after is what we call Pentecost and what we celebrate. And 50 days after, in the same way, see the intentionality and the planning of God. God knew what he was doing. And seeing the connection of it is so cool and so powerful. Right? The 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, he sent his spirit to his church. And this is just days after Jesus ascended into heaven, just days after. And we're going to look back, though, to that first time in the upper room. Jesus, he's with his disciples, and you know, they just shared the Last Supper. They just had communion. He just washed their feet. And what he's doing is he's preparing them for what he's about to do. And they really don't understand it. He says here, like, you really, you're, you're grieving because you really don't understand why I'm dying, why, I'm, I'm, I'm not, why they're not killing me. I'm giving up my life. He says, I'm, I'm giving it as a sacrifice. This isn't a mistake. This is all planned, and I know what I'm doing, so trust me. And he predicts his death, right? He predicts when he's going to raise from the dead, and he predicts his sending of the Holy Spirit. So this is John chapter 16, if you want to follow along, starting in verse 5. And again, this is Jesus. They're in their upper room, and he's just preparing them. He's preparing their hearts. He says, be ready, be expectant. He says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you and to us. I remember the first time when I was little, the first time I realized that the radio actually kept playing even when we didn't have it on. I don't know why it took me so long. I was eight or nine or maybe 20. I don't know. But I, I don't know what took me so long to realize that the radio ran even when we didn't have it on. Not like today with Pandora or Spotify where you can switch songs as you please. You might have to listen to an ad, but really you can, you can pause, you can stop it as you want. Right? A real radio actually keeps running 
right? Whether we're tuned in or not, it keeps going. The music keeps playing. In the same way, we are, there's this, this spiritual realm, right, that God is working and moving around us and through his church and through his people constantly. And that's what he desires, right, that we are his hands and feet. And are we really tuned into that or are we tuned out? Again, we have to be intentional. We have to make space. We can't just squeeze God into our lives. But he wants to speak to us if we surrender everything to him. And remember that through him is, is everything that we're given. Right? You know, the gifts, the blessings we've been given, but the, the spiritual gifts as well. Right? Through everything, it is, it is all through him. And are, are we tuned into that? Are we tuned into the idea that the Holy Spirit is among us? The Holy Spirit wants to live in us, in our lives. We just read, Jesus said, it's actually better that I go that I may send my spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants to live in us, but then the Holy Spirit wants to work through us. So to focus in on the Holy Spirit wants to live in us, I think it gets brushed over at times um, how extreme people reacted to Jesus. We read in the Gospels that no one had an ordinary reaction to Jesus. I mean, really think about that. Think of his interactions with people. Think about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was someone who he actually stole from the poor. He didn't just steal from people. He stole from the poor. He exploited people. He was, he was obsessed with money and materialism. And he met Jesus, and instantly he wanted to give it all away. Instantly he realized that that really didn't matter. That really wasn't going to satisfy him. He could never have enough. But through knowing Jesus, through inviting him into his life, not just his home, but into his life, it changed him forever. We see with the disciples... Jesus says, follow me, and they do. And that, that's not an ordinary reaction, right? Jesus says, follow me. They drop their nets, and they follow him. That's not ordinary. That's a pretty extreme thing to do. Paul is one of the most extreme examples, right? Paul was Saul, and he was a Pharisee. He was a leader. He was actually on the, the Sanhedrin, like the, basically the most important of the Jews. And he was a, he was a religious leader, and he was respected. He, was, he followed you know, Jewish law to a T. And that's what gave him his identity. That's what, that's what made him who he was. And he actually was responsible for giving the go-ahead for Christians to be killed. And then he went from that to not only being willing to die, but actually saying that I hope I'm in, in Corinthians, his letter to the Corinthians, that I hope I'll just be counted worthy enough to suffer for the gospel. I hope I'll just be wor- worthy enough to suffer for Christ. Went from killing Christians to saying something like that we also see the other extreme, right? Jesus, the way he taught, you know, the fact that he said he was God, the way he healed, when he healed Lazarus from the dead, that kind of set the stage where then they really began to plot and say, we, we need to kill this guy. We need to kill him. We need to get, him, get rid of him. He's just causing too much chaos. So no one had an ordinary reaction when they met Jesus, when they encountered him. There was no, you know, in a worldly sense today where, Oh, Jesus, he taught something or he healed, and, they, and someone said, eh, that's not a bad idea, or that's a pretty good tip, or he seems like a good moral teacher. No one said that. Everyone had an extreme reaction to Jesus. And in the same way, when we experience the Holy Spirit truly, when we, when we hear from the voice of God, when we feel the Holy Spirit working on our hearts, sometimes it may be in a really intense moment, whether that's you know, an emotional, emotional moment of, um, conviction, like we, we just we receive like a sobering conviction, and we just see life for as it really is, and we see why we really were created, and it changes us forever. It may wreck our heart for a moment, 
but it compels us to repent and to, to change our lives. Not just repent with our words, but to really change, change the, the course of direction that we're living. Sometimes we may experience the Holy Spirit through peace, peace through just a tragic time, right? Some of the, the worst moments that we faced, and then we could still have peace. We still feel a, a peace from the presence of God. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us in different ways, through, through a, maybe a, a shout or a, a, a strong form of conviction, but maybe through a whisper as well. And for me, um, one of the, the witnesses for, in my life that I feel I can testify the truth of Christianity, I feel like it was my salvation moment. Again, I was about eight or nine, and um, we were in church, and I remember it was 4th of July, and we were singing the song, Give Thanks. And for the very first time in my life, it really hit me. It became personal, right? The, the, the work of Jesus became personal. The sacrifice became personal, not just for, uh, for anyone, but I received it personally for myself. And that's what he wants from us. Not just a general, oh, that's what he does for the world, which he does. He so loved the world, but also he loves everyone in it. And he calls us to an individual, personal relationship with him. And I remember at that young age, before I even, or before I even really understood what the Holy Spirit, or who the Holy Spirit was and is, uh, we were just in church, and I, I started getting emotional. But it wasn't just a feeling. It wasn't just an emotion. It was a... It was a sobering moment, a knowing that really changed my life forever before I even fully understood it because I realized the lengths that Jesus went for me and for the world. It became real. When we experience the Holy Spirit, it changes us. It changes the trajectory of our lives. It's not just business as usual. So when we feel those moments that we really believe God has put something on our heart, he calls us to act. I think, too, one thing I'm trying to be better at, that if someone, there's been times in my life where just kind of randomly, God's put a, a name on my heart, you know? And I, it, it may not be this dramatic thing. It's just like, I just think about someone. And there's been times where that, that's happened, and I haven't reached out to someone because I didn't maybe know why or why I should reach out to them. And then they've been going through something that I didn't know. And God will do that. He wants to use us. He wants to speak to us to reach other people. So those moments when, when that happens, I know, I know that he wants us to, to act, Right? Sometimes maybe to sit and pray and ask him, God, show me, reveal, what, what, what are you doing? Why are you sharing this with me? But most importantly, to act, to reach out to that person, to take a step of faith. A couple of days before this Pentecost event in Acts chapter 1, this verses 4 and 5, it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, don't go anywhere, but be ready. Expect my Holy Spirit. I'm going to send this gift for you as my followers. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. An encounter and experience with the Holy Spirit, it brings inner transformation doesn't mean we're going to instantly have it all together. No, but we are changed. And he begins to sanctify us, to make us more like Christ. Back to John 16, 7. I really want to stress this. We should really take a minute to dwell on this. Jesus says that it is better. He tells his disciples, think about their perspective. They're walking with Jesus. They are safe with Jesus. They've seen him do these incredible miracles. And Jesus says, actually, it's going to be better that I go. It's actually going to be better. They don't fully understand. He says, just, just wait. It's going to be better 
that I go, because if I go, then I will send my spirit. I'll send the advocate. Other translations say, I will send my comforter for you. We need to dwell on that every single day. That is actually better that Jesus went so that he could send his spirit for his church, for us. If we are in Christ, we have that, that opportunity, that gift to live in Christ. So the Holy Spirit wants to work through us. As Jesus' hands and feet were nailed to the cross, we are now his hands and feet. We are his hands and feet. It's his church. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit desires to speak through us to the language of others, just as the Holy Spirit did through those apostles. And he spoke through the languages to reach other people, that they could see, that they could hear the truth, that they they could witness to them in the same way, maybe not literally, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but maybe not, you know, our voice or our language isn't literally changed. But think about the context in which we live in, right? We're all given an area of influence, and we're all, we all have certain interests, we all have certain gifts, we all have certain passions, things that we care about. And I believe that God puts those things on our heart for a reason, because he wants us to reach the people that we are alongside with. Some people, they speak the language of music. Some people speak the language of sports. Some people are just super handy. That's their language. That's kind of their, their love language. That's how they operate. That's how they, they are a witness. That's how they, they serve other people. You know, whatever it may be, you work in the medical field, if you're a teacher, you know, there, I mean, I, I'm, I can go on and on. But we're all called to lead. We're all called to surrender in the context that we're in to speak the language of others so that God can, can use us to reach others. Just as Jesus, he was very strategic in his ministry on earth. In the same way, the Holy Spirit is very strategic in how he works on our hearts, how and where and when he operates. But it's so amazing that he actually wants to work through us. Just as Pentecost is the beginning of, church's, of the church's mission in the world, that is that same mission that we are a part of today. In Acts 2, 16 and 17, so, you know, they, basically some people are saying, these, these guys are crazy. What are they doing? Or how are they speaking in this way? They don't get it. And Peter stands up and he says, this is what in the last days um, the, the prophet Joel, got through God, God speaking through the prophet Joel, taught, predicted, said, this is going to happen. He says, in these last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And right now, we are in these last days. Now, I'm not going to give some crazy prediction or anything like that. So don't, don't get nervous of when the world's going to end or anything like that. But biblically, what Peter is saying, that we are in this phase of, of time. We are in this moment of history. Just as they were on this Pentecost, in this first day of Pentecost, we too, as, as the church, are in this moment in history where that's how God operates, that, that God operates through his spirit through his church, as his hands and feet. So whatever context we're in, whatever area of influence that we are in, whether as sons and daughters, as a parent, as a sibling, as a friend, as a co-worker, as a stranger, the Holy Spirit wants to operate through us to reach his world, to reach the world for his kingdom. just want to close with a couple things. Jesus, he calls the Holy Spirit our, our comforter, our advocate. Paul writes in Romans that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, that the Holy Spirit actually prays on our behalf for us when we don't know how to pray, when we don't really know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit prays for us. Again, that, that vision of, um, of tuning into the radio, that there's this conversation that is constantly going on 
around us and through the church, through his people. Are we tuning into that? It takes intentionality to tune into that. But Jesus uses that word comforter. He calls the Holy Spirit our advocate or our comforter. And I think that implies that we're going to need to be comforted in this world. Right? We're going to need to be comforted. There's going to be pain. Think about who he's telling this to. He tells this to his disciples who many, if not all, were ultimately martyred for following him. So in the same way, when we face trials, it is not a sign that God isn't with us, but Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take, take heart because of what he's done for us. We can have hope. That through his Holy Spirit, we can experience hope and peace no matter what is going on around us. We talked about the chaos last week. Whatever chaos we're, we're going through, we can experience a sense of supernatural peace through his Holy Spirit, and that God wants the desire to speak to us. I just want to close one, one little take-home. I always like to give this little take-home to remind you throughout the week, to remind us throughout the week of, of this message. And um, yeah, We all listen to music throughout the day. We listen to music and we turn it on, whether it's on the radio, turning on the car, or uh, just playing a song on your phone or your iPad, whatever it may be. When you turn on you know, a song for the first time that day, be reminded that we are called to tune in to the voice of God. Be reminded that God, that God doesn't just wants to hear about him and to gain head knowledge about him, but he actually wants to speak to us. And he actually wants us to listen. And so easy in life, you know, we hear so much noise each and every day. But are we listening? He doesn't just want us to hear about him. He wants us to listen to his voice. He wants us to, to obey him because he will strategically send us where he wants us to go. And oftentimes it's not going to be in these, you know, necessarily like this picture of this event in these extraordinarily powerful ways. He wants to use us in everyday life, in seemingly everyday moments. He calls our hearts to be ready, to be ready to receive the word that he wants to give us, but not just to give us, but to speak through us to reach others.